This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, everyone? And welcome to another week of It's Called Soccer, the weekly U.S. soccer show where we talk about everything U.S. soccer, 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 soccer. I'm your host, Jake, in London, England. Joined by my great friends, the doctor, future doctor of the universe, Tom, in a new place today. Tom, where are you? What's, yeah. what's going on? Coming to you live from my new apartment here in State College, Pennsylvania. We're about three days away from my new semester starting up, starting my PhD here at Penn State. So I don't actually have a desk right now or a seat in my room. So I'm just sort of chilling on the floor next to my bookcase. Uh, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> If you didn't give yourself away, nobody would know. So everyone just pretend like you didn't hear Tom for the last 10 seconds. And our man on the ground in Germany, Ryan, how's it going? Good, man. Tom, I see I see you're still rocking that Santa Fe shirt. Mexico rubbed off on you. Glad glad to see oh, yeah. you a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I haven't got a much shirt yet. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm sure they'll come for sure. Uh, but yeah, man, just still still coming down a little bit off the high of staying the week in or the weekend at, at Chateau de, de Landau. Uh, it was phenomenal. Can't thank you enough, man. It was a, a great weekend. Now looking forward to chopping it up and talking about it. Yeah, so let's dive into it. The agenda today is pretty packed. There's a lot happening with U.S. soccer. The first thing that we're going to talk about, though, is Chris, Chris Richards' debut for Crystal Palace against Liverpool. Ryan and I were at Anfield to drink it all in in person. We have to talk about Pulisic's transfer saga. It continues like it does every week at Chelsea. There are mock-ups of the USA jerseys that we'll wear in Qatar that nobody is happy with. We'll talk about the Twitter outrage. Weston McKinney has somehow made a superhuman recovery again and made his uh, season debut for Juventus in their first match of the season. Then games to watch this weekend, I mean, one that we absolutely have to talk about is going to be Chelsea against Leeds, some Americans in that matchup. And Josh Sargent finally gets an open play goal for Norwich. He's playing right now as we speak, so we'll try and be prompt with our topics. But uh, Josh Sargent finally gets on the scoring sheet. And is it me or does it seem like our forwards are now starting to get in form a little bit, some heat getting into those number nines for the U.S.? I mean, everyone's right. starting to click at the right time. It's going to be tough. <laughs> Everyone's psyched to talk today. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about that Chris Richards debut for Crystal Palace against Liverpool. Um, Ryan was at Chateau de Landu, and uh, we we took the train up two and a half hours. Bing, bang, boom, Monday night uh, in at Anfield in the Crystal Palace section. I mean, I have my thoughts, but Ryan, while while it's still fresh on your mind, what was that experience like? How did Chris do? Anything else that stuck out to you from the journey or Anfield? Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf and soccer. 
BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V, 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. I mean, just the the whole buildup to the day was great. Uh, yeah, I was able to go to the Chelsea game the day before and uh, definitely hurting a little bit from enjoying everything that is to be down near Stamford Bridge the next day. So the train ride up was pretty quiet. But one of the cool takeaways, too, was swinging by Everton while we were in the city. And there's there's literally just a park that separates Anfield and Goodson. Goodison. So, like, you can stand in the middle of the park and see both. It's it's wild. It, and it just goes to show. It's, like, crazy that two massive clubs can be geographically so close, yet so much talent in the area. So, just that experience, being able to see you never walk alone in person was amazing. Uh, I talked to a few friends that live in the Liverpool area, and, and the Palace fans were kind of singing and chanting during You'll Never Walk Alone. And I was like, oh, I was kind of disappointed with that. And the Liverpool guys were like, oh, everybody does that. Like, it's, it's a way to try somehow to drown it out. But there is absolutely no way you're drowning that out. It, it's just an incredible experience. Uh, and then to get to the game, like, it was it, it was a really tight match. Uh, you, everyone's kind of seen all the clips of Nunez and Anderson mixing it up. And, you know, it's something Jake and I saw right away that, you know, Anderson is definitely a, a master of the dark arts so good for Chris to be able to learn a little bit of that he's he's such a nice guy. So if he could if he could develop that part a little bit, you know, it'd be great to see him develop there. And then scoring before halftime, the palace section was just absolutely bananas. So you know, super fun. You know, made halftime enjoyable. Everyone was in a good mood. Uh, I was rocking my Crystal Palace Richards jersey, so it was cool to talk with a few people about that. Uh, and then you could see Chris warming up in the second half. And I, I use warming up loosely. Uh, yeah, he was on the sidelines, but literally just full focused on Vieira, wondering, like, come on, give me the call. Like, he, he would do a couple little stretches here and there and make it look like he was warming up, but he was definitely laser focused. And the moment he got that call, we were both just, you know, on edge. Couldn't wait to see him get in. Uh, and then, you know, I think it was perfect for him to have his debut couldn't have been a crazier environment in a more tense game. Uh, but then Vieira also to protect him a little bit, start him at that right back, right wing back, sort of they were playing with that back five. So therefore he can get comfortable, get his legs underneath them, but also to like one small mistake doesn't, you know, impact Palace greatly. So Chris dominated in the air. He looked really good. Uh, and then also a couple of times when he was able to defend 1v1, I thought he was solid. He got to showcase everything that is Chris Richards. The only thing we didn't get to see is his passing range because he just didn't really have the opportunity much. But I, I really don't think he could have had a better start for a Premier League debut. What was what was your guys' biggest takeaway? Tom, maybe for you at home, did you get a chance to watch it? Yeah, I got a chance to watch my internet cut out right as the debut as its debut happened, but I got a chance to see the last 10 minutes or so. And I was really impressed with his positioning and his ability to just win every single ball in the air that came his way. I think that that's sort of the main takeaway for me is that he goes to a very physical league and immediately can read everything that's coming in and just make sure that nothing, everything that comes his way goes back out. Yeah, I don't know if it was those white kids, but he's definitely looking a little bit more solid, a little thick. (laughs) 
I might need to get all three of those Crystal Palace kits because they are they are all very nice and uh, look good on the person just chilling for the weekend. Not a uh, not like those other normal kits that you'd see on the the field. So um, I love to see Chris Richards in this game mostly because it showed how much Patrick Vieira already has trust in him. Yes, he put him at right wing back to give him a little bit of an ease into the match and not put so much pressure on him as center back. But he was still, I mean, there was a, a free kick that Liverpool took where Chris was marking Virgil van Dijk so, and won the header on that free kick as well. So it wasn't like he was completely protected in that position. It was a really important game for, for Crystal Palace. They had lost 2-0 at home to Arsenal. So to get a result in Liverpool in their second match, to get a little bit of momentum building towards better results was really important. And man, what an opponent and a place to get your debut with so much pressure riding on that game for the team to be trusted at that position was just awesome to see. And Chris did not make a wrong step the, the entire time that he was on the field. So it was really great to see that. Um, Ryan, you mentioned that the Crystal Palace fans were trying to drown out You'll Never Walk Alone. I thought it was funny that for the last 30 seconds of You'll Never Walk Alone, everyone kind of got a little bit more silent, like, okay, actually, let's soak in this moment. Let's soak in this experience. Let, let's let it happen a little bit. Uh, so we did get to experience the the crescendo, the climax of You'll Never Walk Alone. But the the first minute or so was definitely overtaken by, by all the Palace fans in our section. And could you imagine if, if Chris ended up getting that assist, if Anderson finishes that on the corner at the end of the game for the Palace to go ahead? Oh. Yeah. It would have I mean, been an absolutely was, dream start. That was one thing that would have, you know, to get your name on the score sheet in a debut as a defender would have been one thing. But I don't know if you were kind of paying attention to everyone around us there, but people knew his name. People were watching everything that he did. Every time he made a tackle or went in or won that header to maybe have the assist, people were calling out Chris Richards and, and talking about him in the stands around us. So, I just, uh, it seems like he's already getting to be a fan favorite as much as possible after making your debut. Um, but the, the post on Twitter today with just him smiling and being such a, a happy guy and feeling like he's in the right place in a, a team and a club that will treat him like family. It's just really nice to see and you want to be rooting for him. Anything else to say about yeah. the Chris Richards experience? Uh, just, I doubt it, but hypothetically, if, you know, if Lisa or Carrie, you know, or Chris, I, I wish, but if Lisa or Carrie happen to be listening, I just can't thank you guys enough for really making this happen. Um, just a huge, huge thank you. Great to be able to meet up and grab dinner in London. Um, the Richards family are just incredible people. It, it shouldn't be solely focused on Chris. The whole family from top to bottom are just people you want to root for. They're, they're genuine, kind people. So again, thank you very, very much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Before we get on to the next segment, I guess that's uh, thank you for teeing me up, Ryan. I didn't, I'll slip you a fiver later, um, but I did write <laughs> an article on the It's Called Soccer Substack about rooting for for good quality human beings and, and that being kind of a benefit to when teams and coaches want to help you and want to see you succeed. And Chris Richards, for me, embodies that after getting to spend a little bit of, of time with him and seeing him on the pitch and the way that he interacts with his teammates. Uh, just such a huge benefit when you're a quality human being and and uh, have people rooting for you in, in your corner. So if you guys do want to read that, 
has some of the experience in Liverpool and watching him on the pitch. I'll put that in the comments down below. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Pulisic transfer saga as it continues on and on every week. We talk about this. Where is he going to go? It doesn't end because, well, Pulisic continues to get 10 to 15 minutes. Tuchel doesn't necessarily trust him. At least that's you know, what his actions are telling us. So at this point, Juventus, Newcastle, and just this week, Manchester United are the new team in for Christian Pulisic. I just want to know, you know, the, the transfer window is open for about 12 more days, guys. So, Tom, where, where do you think Christian Pulisic is going to end up and where would you want Christian Pulisic to end up? I think the best case scenario we've heard mentioned is Juventus. I Having watched some of Juventus just through watching Weston McKennie play, I really think Pulisic would be able to do well there. A front three of Pulisic and Vlavic and Di Maria is frightening and would be one of the best front threes in the world right now. Um, but I don't see Juventus really pulling that trigger. If they did, I'd be ecstatic. So I don't know if I prefer him to stay at Chelsea or go to somewhere where he's going to get more minutes like Newcastle. I don't think I want him to be at Manchester United though. I just don't see that going well. It seems to be a sinking ship with no real way to pull it out, pull pull out of the tailspin right now. So First choice, Juventus. Second choice, somewhere where he gets minutes. Maybe Newcastle. But beyond that, I would prefer him to stay at Chelsea rather than go to Manchester United. <laughs> okay, so you have Juventus, Newcastle, Chelsea, every other team in the world, and then Manchester United is at the, <laughs> the bottom there. Yep, I, I believe, yeah, that's, that's, let's go with that. <laughs> okay, Ryan, how do you feel? Oh, we love you, Manny. We love you, Manny. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, it was it was interesting being at Sanford Bridge on Sunday and being able to talk to a few of the fans. Pretty much anybody I saw with a Pulisic jersey on uh, definitely tried to chat them up a little bit and kind of get their opinion. And I, even from the supporters, the general impression is that you heard over and over was talented player, time for him to go. But, it, you know, I think it's it's tough. It, there, It's a very, just like many other football fans, it's what have you done for me lately? And I think people are forgetting, you know, he wasn't really played in a position that he would excel in last year. And, you know, if you want to go back to post-COVID Pulisic, that's what they all kind of remember a little bit. But they've, they're not seeing enough of that, even though he hasn't gotten the opportunity yet. Uh, one thing I think we have to consider is, you know, who can actually pay his wages? Because, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be worth a, worth a lot of money. So, and you have to look at, too, is this going to be a loan deal or is this going to be a permanent transfer? Uh, loan deal, I think it, I would be perfectly fine with United, Juventus, or Newcastle. Loan, I don't really care, but it, as long as it results in minutes. And I think in those three teams that he would end up getting more minutes than he's currently set up to get at Chelsea. But if we're going to talk full transfer, then I personally think that now is, is going to be kind of an interesting time to get on that Newcastle train. They've got all that new money that they're going – they are going to at least spend money like they're a top four club. Um, so if he could be the first piece to that puzzle and to see them kind of even build around Pulisic a little bit, I think would be really exciting. Um, you know, I'm lining up to come back out there and, and over Labor Day weekend to hopefully meet up again, Jake. So already looking at potentially getting up to Newcastle for Crystal Palace, Newcastle, and it being, you know, just a mere three hour train ride out of London I think it's still, you know, still close enough to where, you know, Pulisic can still get to the city. He likes to, I think, I don't see him going back to 
you know, somewhere like in Germany or Dortmund, maybe Bayern at, at best. But the kids had a taste of the big life in London. And I don't think he's going to want to go to, you know, a, a city that's doesn't have the same type of lifestyle. So I think if he can end up going to Newcastle and being the first piece that they're going to continue to build around, it, I would be perfectly comfortable with that. And I think it would set him up to be really successful going forward, not just for leading up to the World Cup, but even for the years to come. There was a great piece by Tifo Football, who's a, a YouTube channel, really popular channel, that they were talking about how Newcastle over the last two years since their injection of money has kind of built a team around the stepping stone players, essentially saying they're buying players that aren't quite elite and don't necessarily want or expect Champions League soccer, but they they are a next level above relegation zone, that they're a really solid team of players that aren't quite there, but are solid enough to get you mid-table every time. After you get to that point, then you really start to spend the money on the elite players and starting to expect that Champions League or Europa League and really starting to put yourself into that top six, top seven of the Premier League consistently. I feel like if Pulisic is going to go to Newcastle, he's going to be kind of that first domino to fall in that, like maybe you'd call him elite, but he's definitely a cut above the kind of average Premier League player. So maybe that's that first player that Newcastle gets to really start to build into their elite class around those stepping stone players that they have now. Eddie Howe is a, a great young manager that might be at Newcastle for a, the next few years to come. So if he is a fan of Pulisic and wants to put him into his plans and play him consistently, then I'm absolutely an advocate for it. But we have to expect to like Chelsea, they've had two Premier League games so far. They haven't had any cup matches. So Pulisic will get on the pitch. It's just what do those games look like? Who are they against? What's the level of pressure in those matches and how many minutes does he get? That's all, you know, it, it's probably going to be more than we're just thinking now. It, it's kind of like worst case scenario, Pool 6 gotten, what, 20 minutes over the, the two games. So we, we're concerned because it's a World Cup year, but at the same time, there is a lot of competition still to be played. Question for you guys. So other players that have been, you know, it seems like everybody's linked to United right now because the, you know, the beginning of their season has been less than ideal. But other, a couple other American players have been linked there as well. Serginio Dest being one of them and even Weston McKinney. So we've all raised Manchester United a little bit lower on our desired places. But throughout the hypothetical, package deal, all three of them end up in United. Then, then are we a happy fan base? Like, We've got, you know, Leeds 2.0 of, of an Amer a team with a bunch of Americans on it. But would you guys be supportive of, of a move like that? If they're all starting and getting regular minutes, yes. I do not want Manchester United to go out and throw the same players out there and have Pulisic, McKenney, and Dest all just eating, wasting time on the bench in a World Cup year. And I just don't see this Manchester United team being competent enough to give them the minutes that they need to be ready for the World Cup. I would say the same. I want I want to see these players get starts. I want to see these players get minutes. I'm not like I don't hate the Pulisic to Manchester United move. It's it's not ideal. And Manchester United seems to be a continual dumpster fire, but I, I have like a tiny bit more belief that they'll back Eric Ten Hag 
and actually like really give him some time to implement the system. If we get a package deal with all three of them on a team with a, a coach that likes to play a high press, that likes to play possession, that likes to break the press, that like, likes to keep their wingers wide and overlaps their fullback, similar to how we play with the U.S., then I'm all for that. But, I mean, it would still be a case where I don't like Manchester United. I'm rooting for them to lose 4-3 every game <laughs> with a Pulisic hat trick. Yeah, I, I feel like we almost have to, to mention that when we were at a pub waiting to go out to dinner, uh, and it was during the Brentford United match, and in London, just to hear everyone collectively in a bar rooting against United was, uh, I don't want to say a unique experience, because I'm sure it happens every weekend in London, but at least for someone visiting, uh, a, a pretty special experience. It was It was fun to be a part of. Fans of all teams came together to boo Manchester United and, <laughs> and cheer every goal that went in for Brentford. <laughs> all right, guys, let's talk a little bit about this USA jersey that we could potentially see for the World Cup. Turn your frowns and keep them down because these don't look good. <laughs> um, we, we haven't really seen a beloved jersey in a while for the U.S. since they've, they've been with Nike. I can think about the Waldos, you know, that's a classic. The bomb pops are maybe the last one that everyone kind of universally loved. Guys, what is happening with, with these jerseys? Uh, Ryan, we're going to start with you because we've lost Tom's video. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fairly disappointing. I can genuinely say that this will be the first time in a long time. That I, I will not be purchasing one of these. Uh, if you look at, uh, I think it was just from fairly recently, the PSG training top, it's it's basically a training top. It, it's embarrassing. Uh, I don't want to put it all on Nike. Part of this has to go on the U.S. Soccer Federation as well. They, they've got involvement in it. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's it, what I would like to see. I mean, kind of some get off my lawn energy, I guess. Uh, I, I, I'm always going to love the 2002 kits. That's when I first really started following this team and fell in love. Those were unique, yet really I feel brought, you know, the red, white, and blue to as, as a good combination together. But we've had plenty of good ones. Like I would even say, you know, something that was fairly simple uh, was the 2016 Gold Cup or 2017 2017 Gold Cup. 2017, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, those were solid. I even liked the most recent 2018 Whites. Those were really good. So it's – this is actually – there you go. Yeah, right on cue. Perfect. So they've had a lot of good ones throughout the years. I would like to see us be kind of more like a Brazil or an Argentina where they have a classic that, they, you know, you know what's coming. Um, I think that there's been enough good iterations throughout the years. The Waldo seems to be everyone's personal favorite that, you know, I think we could stick with that or, you know, like I said, some of the other ones I listed off and then start to, you know, if you really want to get creative, get creative with a third kit. But the one thing this current Jersey lacks is any sort of creativity. It's, it's overly simplified and garbage in my opinion, but you know, I, there's, there, it could be one of those things that grows on you. We'll see. It, it seems like every jersey does grow on us. Like we, the the last kits, the the dazzle camouflage kits have grown on the fan base. You see a lot of people like them after seeing them in action for a while. I am sort of reserving the worst of my judgment until I see these things with numbers because I think that 
the number placement for me is especially in the front is a lot of what it will be either will make or break it as far as design goes but the home kit especially is just not my favorite thing I've ever seen. I pull up this one just because this was the last really good home kit that we had, this 2018 one, and still the only one I've ever bought, um, even though I would love some older kits. Um, so, yeah, I, I I would love to see us do something more, like Ryan said, have a unique identity. All those would be good. Even just a pure light white, like the one we used in World Cup qualifying, was an, it's just an amazing classic kit mm -hmm. that would really just sort of be an iconic thing if we did that white shirt blue shorts every time if we're going to do an away kit maybe the 2010 world cup kit where we had that white splash across across the blue shirt this is an iconic kit that's not very commonly used around the world i would love something like that but the current iterations that we're seeing if they end up being true just before i see the numbers it just doesn't it's not it Ryan, you mentioned this isn't just Nike, but it's U.S. soccer as well. I mean, who who needs to change their mind in this situation, or, or what can the fans do to voice their opinion? I mean, I'm with you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy a, a jersey this year, which sucks because it's a World Cup year. I'm I'm just gonna be wearing the the one from last year, which is the the stripes, the red and blue stripes. I think uh, Tom, you were talking about that one. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just going to rock that one. I, I'm not going to buy another jersey for $120. That's a white template of a training kit. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with, especially the price. I mean, I I just picked up this. I always get confused. This away kit for Fulham, and it cost me 70 pounds, which right now, you know, that's call it 90 bucks. So the fact that they're going to charge 110, 120 for something so plain. And I think the only way that we can show our opinion is it all boils down to the dollar. So I think, you know, enough people, if you're seeing these things at Ross in, you know, eight months from now, all on the rack, I think we did our job because then, you know, okay, if you want to go pick it up at a discount, good on you. But there's no way anybody should be going out and paying 110 or 120 for it. Uh, a question I have back for you guys, though. Tom, you mentioned it. How do you guys feel about collars on a kit? I, I personally, again, old man energy. I think you can get dual purpose out of it. The 2014 whites that we had, I have worn that jersey golfing many a time. So are you guys, are you guys in the pro collar or anti-collar column? It depends on how it's done for me. Um, I have only one with the collar. I have last year's New Mexico United pride kit that has a rainbow collar on a black kit and it looks fantastic. I really like it. If it's tastefully done, then yes, go for it. If it's not, I think it can be detracting and sort of ruin a good kit. It's funny you say that because just today I was wearing a kit that I got from a mystery, mystery kit service that they sent me a uh, Bahia jersey which is a team in argentina and it's a, a white kit with a green collar and i i really like the way that it looked and it looks like less like a jersey more like a, a shirt that you can wear around minus the sponsors and leah my wife did not like it i asked why she said <laughs> i don't think i like collars on on soccer jerseys so now that we're talking about it and bring it up i i prefer it but i might not be able to wear them in and around my home with without uh, missing a few people off, not to be named. <laughs> and yeah, the, Leah's the lady with the with the finer tastes in life. So you know, if she says, if she gives the yay or nay, I, I respect that highly. 
Yeah, clearly. I mean, she picked you, Jake. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> the greatest prize in, in all the land. <laughs> she got that. <laughs> all right, guys. Josh Sargent has scored a goal from open play. He over uh, the last week in the EFL Cup match, he scored the winning penalty kick for uh, Norwich. But in the previous league game over the weekend, he was able to score his first league goal for Norwich this season. It was on a header, a nice ball in to the box with uh, Sargent just booming it into the corner of the net. I, again, we talked about it at the beginning of this this episode, but our number nine seemed to be heating up. Jesus Ferreira with another goal in MLS last night or however long ago, two nights ago. Um, what is happening? Why, why are we now seeing our number nine start to heat up? I Take think it it's just right place, right time. I, you know, we're seeing them get good game reps. The MLS guys were always going to heat up. Ferreira was not going to be dormant for long. If you did see that game, I watched that whole match. He was excellent the whole time. Really should have had a brace, if not a hat trick. Um, Ariola looked bright as well. He plays in the perfect system at FC Dallas where he's never going to really have too much of a poor slump of form. Um, so the MLS guys, it's just great to see. Sargent is benefiting from Timu Puki having gone out injured and finally getting some minutes at the nine. We've been clamoring for it. He's only played right wing for the last few years. Finally seeing him at the nine, seeing him take advantage of that was really great. Um, he's going to do it again today. Hopefully he does well again. So we're seeing guys who are finally getting in good positions. They're, you know, Sargent's getting minutes at the nine. P Fox at a club where he's the focal point. Ferreira and Vasquez are in systems designed for them to succeed. Um, it just sort of seems like the pieces are all falling together where they're all of our strikers are in good situations and are producing at a rate you'd expect of strikers in good situations. Yeah. What I do mean, you think Ryan? I, Tom, I much appreciated the, the adding me because uh, unfortunately I was on the flight back. And so, so to, to land back in Germany and to look into, into the mentions and see Tom adding me with that Sergeant goal, <laughs> Was put the biggest smile on my face. Uh, I think I think it's well known that I I am the sergeant stan of this podcast. So you know, weird. You play him as a nine, and he looks pretty darn comfortable. It's great to see. Who would have thunk? Uh, I know. Yeah, amazing. Uh, yeah, stop me if you heard me say this before, but I believe in the man's talent. I definitely think it's there. Uh, you know, we're also not even talking about Haji Wright off to a great start too. All these guys are really clicking right now. Um, you know, Pookie is on the bench tonight, so interesting to see. I know he is still coming back from health, but I think if Sargent can have another hot night tonight, that that conversation for who is the starting nine at Norwich is going to get get going to get pretty hot. So, uh, you know, hoping hoping for good things tonight. Uh, Tom, you also mentioned Pfock. You know, I think he's going to continue to be in a great situation. Um, and Jesus Ferreira, we all know he's one of the Greg guys, and he's continued to stay hot. Uh, what's crazy is he's you know only a year, year and a half ish older than Pepe, and he's got more goals and assists right now. If, if Pepe was twenty million to come over, you know the the reason they all come to Germany is it's easy to come in and get a job right away. I I can talk to this, so it'll be I, I'm very much looking forward to see if Jesus maybe after the World Cup during the January window can find his way, and there will be. Herzlich willkommen on the doorstep for him anytime he needs. Jesus Ferreira is a really interesting one for me because he is playing under one of Greg Berhalter's former assistant coaches. He's playing for basically a Berhalter disciple. 
in a club system that's basically the U.S. men's national team, except for they get a chance to drill it every single week. So you watch FC Dallas play, and he plays exactly like he would for the national team and is so comfortable in that system because that system requires you to be drilling it so much to understand the complex patterns that Berhalter disciples want out of their teams. It's really fun watching Areola and Ferreira just show you exactly why that system can be fun for a club team, even if it is frustrating for a national team. And this isn't even considering or talking about Brandon Vasquez, who has 19 goal contributions in 24 matches this season in MLS, which is, uh, I think, better than Jesus Ferreira's current total. So is it, it's starting to feel like, or sorry, Jesus Ferreira, 20 goal contributions in 27 matches. So one more goal contribution, but three more matches played than Brandon Vasquez. Damn, what a what a good uh, horse race for the Golden Boot this season for MLS fans. Is it too little, too late for Brandon Vasquez, or is there still a little opportunity for him to squeak in? September, September is the all important camp. If Vasquez comes into camp, and I think that he's got to get called in at this point, he shows out well. He could end up squeaking onto that roster as the third striker. And what about Dari, Fuller and Thank you. Oh, you beat me to it, Jake. I was going to say, dare I play the... Your internet was too slow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and, and, you know, dare I play the Euro snob, but Balogun with two goals and two games as well in League 1. You know, people, there's been some chats going around that, you know, people are saying that he really does want to see what it's like in England for the U21 Euros that'll be after the World Cup. So I think the only way that he really, if we see him in the September camp, it, it... Pretty much seems like he's going to Qatar or Qatar. Um, so I think that there's only so many people you could bring in. Greg, when he was on the Alexi Lawless podcast, did talk about this being a bit of a warm up for the World Cup. Some things that he wants to get in place that he won't have necessarily enough time to, especially with us having a game on the first day. So I think we should, what we see in September will be. 23 of the 26, maybe three spots still up for grabs. So it's it's hard to say who are going to be those last three that can really fit into those spots. A lot of deserving people and champagne problems to have. I'm going to throw another name out there that's not a nine, but absolutely has played his way onto this roster is Sam Vines, who has looked amazing for Royal Antwerp over the last few weeks and is another name I think needs to be in contention for these last three roster spots right now. Ooh, Sam Vines versus Joe Scally for that left back spot. <laughs> That'll, that'll be spicy. <laughs> spicy come September if uh, Sam Vines can keep contributing. And Joe Scally, as we speak, is playing for Mönchengladbach. All right, guys, time to talk about the games of the weekend that we're going to be watching. I think all of us are going to have Leeds-Chelsea on Sunday. Uh, I think it's 2 p.m. UK, so what's that? Uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time. What are you guys expecting from this match? Uh we're, we still don't know if Thomas Tuchel will be suspended for this match, if he's going to be on the touchline or not, facing off against Jesse Marsh. We don't know if Christian Pulisic is going to be held out because he's in the midst of a transfer. If he'll start, we do expect Tyler Adams and Brendan Brendan and bah, Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson to start for Leeds United. What are you guys most looking forward to in this game, and are there other matches that you have your eye on? The weekends are getting insane, man. It's it's so hard to stay up with them. Um, but it, uh, reports are that Gio will be in the roster for VVB against Bremen. 
Uh, Brayman is in a poke call match where everybody's seen probably Gio's best goal for BVB uh, when he, you know, cut past two players and then curled it into the top right corner. So it would be great to see him, you know, come back and then get on the pitch. We're all dying to see him out there. Uh, I'm perfectly happy with, uh, you know, 20 minute sub appearance, ease him in, you know, he, so that's definitely an exciting one. Leeds, like you said, is that's going to be the game of the week every single weekend. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I recently retweeted it out. I think it was on uh, Men and Blazers. But you have to see the Marsh interview recently where uh, he's asked about if Tuchel will be on the sidelines. It, it is shithousery at its finest. So please, uh, I, I retweeted it, but it's out there on Men and Blazers too. So do yourself a favor. You, I promise you, you'll laugh at that one. Uh, and then under the radar, but still has yet to, to make a debut, but would be pretty amazing to see Luca De La Torre make a debut this weekend against Real Madrid. Would be pretty impressive. So he's a guy that, you know, a lot of people have seen as that that fourth or that third eight. So if, if he can start to click and start getting some minutes, can't be tested against a bigger club than Real Madrid. So those are all big games to see on Saturday. Uh, and then Sunday, yeah, we'll just hopefully see Musa get out there for Valencia and then also to the, the Leeds match against Chelsea. Tom, I'm going to keep it in the Bundesliga for two matches. We still have not seen Gio Reyna debut in the Bundesliga this season. He's, rumors are that he's going to be on the bench. Uh, Dortmund against Werder Bremen seems like a really good chance to sort of start to see him get some minutes and ease back in. So I might be putting on some Dortmund this weekend. And then Union Berlin has a really big match against RB Leipzig. That's some big competition for PFOC, really the best team he will have played so far this season. That's another great match to watch. And I'm going to go with a domestic match as well. You have to always throw a domestic match in there if you're looking to sort of follow some of these fringe guys on the roster. Nashville SC, FC Dallas is going to be an excellent match this weekend. Ooh, Nashville is yes. pretty poor form. The Walker Zimmerman versus uh, our our um, uh, starting number nine, Jesus Ferreira and Paul Ariola with Paxton Pomacall and Sebastian Legette featuring as well. Looking forward to that one. I want to give a lot of credit to Tom for uh, saying something positive about Paul Ariola. So if you guys are not subscribed and you have listened to this full episode and you like just individual independent takes <laughs> that don't care about what the community says, when Paul Ariola does something good, we call it good on this It's Called Soccer <laughs> Show. Make sure you guys subscribe. Before we get to last word, I also want to call out that on a video about two weeks ago, I mentioned that the subscriber base, which at the time was about 5,150 people, could fill the stadium for Forward Madison FC. Guys, you guys have blown it out of the water. We're at over 5,400 subscribers right now. So the subscriber base for It's Called Soccer can now almost fill up Chai Stadium, Tom's home stadium, Chattanooga Red Wolves <laughs> play there. Chattanooga Lady Red Wolves play there. No. <laughs> That's Wrong a whole team. other episode, a whole other episode there. <laughs> we'll so, get guys, into that later. If you do want to fill a bigger stadium and start to sell out MLS stadiums, make sure to subscribe to the channel and uh, put alerts on so you don't miss an episode. All right, let's get to last words. Tom, what do you got for us this week? Um, My last word of this week is um, get ready for uh, another community poll dropping next week. Get ready to sort of help us participate in and figure out what the community thinks is happening with this roster. Uh, I think it's going to be really fun to see how the season has started in Europe and how that's affected where players are ranking. I'll put that out early next week. So be on the lookout for that. Join the discord. 
Support us on Patreon. Uh, the Patreons are super helpful in me getting these out every single month. I'm looking forward to chatting with them as we bring this back online. Nice. Good call outs. Ryan, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I can add anything to that. Tom absolutely crushed it. Uh, you know, as, as he does, a man of few words, but nails them every time. You know, that's the scientist in him. He's got to be short, concise, but accurate. And, and I love it. So, yeah, just looking forward to another great weekend of watching a bunch of football. And, you know, it's it's here. People are going to start to get maybe distracted a little bit coming up with NFL season. Not this guy, not this podcast. We're going to be here for <laughs> week, week, week. Uh, so, yeah, just really looking forward to it. And then, you know, that September window is right around the corner. Glad to see that the game was confirmed in Dusseldorf finally. So if you guys hadn't seen that news, we can confirm that that's where it's going to be at. So uh, I know I'll be making my way up. Still waiting to hear on a few things from uh, the press pass for maybe some of our other guys on this podcast. Fingers crossed. We'll hope some things come through. And then uh, looking forward, if anybody that listens is going to be up there or needs any sort of assistance at, at getting out here, needs information on where to stay in Dusseldorf, any way I can help you guys out, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. Cool. Well, that is our episode, everyone. Thanks so much for watching, listening, wherever you are. Make sure to drop a like and a comment down below to help us with the YouTube algorithm. And we'll see you next time on It's Called Soccer. Enjoy the weekend. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.